In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the win against Bologna, previewing the upcoming match against Roma, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo, il principe entra in aria, è solo, è tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol. Torna Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo. È lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter. L'Inter vince. E Dillo, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa. Bentornati, benvenuti to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavalla Ruzzari. I want to apologize beforehand if I sound a little bit congested. I'm just going through a little bit of an allergy attack. Uh, so uh, I hope you bear with me. But helping me through this uh, allergy attack this next hour will be uh, Semprinta's very own preview, preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Hey guys, uh, nice to be back again. Good to have you. And uh, how are you holding up? Uh, less allergic uh, than you are, so <laughs> all good. <laughs> and uh, also joining us from all the way over in Canada, uh, our very own things you learned about Inter this past week, uh, columnist Mr. Max DeLuca. We broke a 68-year-old weather record on Sunday. It was 17 degrees outside. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gabby goal opened his account for Inter, and it wasn't a garbage time goal or a consolation goal. It was the winner, and it was National Wine Day. I had an Amarone with the old man, so everything is uh, is going very, very well. Thank you. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind hell freezing over with those those other two things to carry it up, to weigh it up. And we're also joined by CalciaMercato.com's uh, staff writer as well as the ESPN Inter blogger, Mr. Eduardo Dalmonte. Welcome to Studio Inter. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Right, boys, let's get to it. Uh, we said after the Juventus uh, defeat that it was very important to get back on track. We have two wins in a row. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't maybe not even well-deserved. But it's three points. Uh, Eduardo, what did you make of the game yesterday against Bologna? It was generally quite drab, but the facts... I'm going to try and sort of... Well, not necessarily stick to the positives, but <sighs> we can take out... The, I would have previously assumed that our bench was generally not very strong. You know, having to start people like Palacio uh, has my skin crawling, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> so the fact that someone like Gabigol can just come on and turn it around, when we would have all thought that we got the wrong Gabriel only a few days ago. And now it's like, huh, maybe he can do something. Um, but no, generally speaking, the quality of the play wasn't sensational. Um, and against a team like Bologna, I mean, I'm comparing it to when Napoli came into, you know, coasted into the Dallara, just, you know, filled their pockets with loot and returned to Napoli laughing and going, what on earth is this Bologna team doing? We made it look really difficult. So there's cause for concern, but hey, it's another win, 9 out of 10. I wouldn't have bet 
any amount of money, even the smallest that we'd have done this or anything approaching this. So, and it's Bjorni as well. Like it's quite ironic because Bjorni is um, was held in quite was held in quite high esteem when he was a Bologna coach. I know that that team wasn't necessarily very liked around Italy, but people said, well, that team is actually just not very good from back in the 2011, 2012 days. And it eventually went down. You look at the quality of the players that he had outside of Giardino, outside of uh, outside of Gabbiadini for a bit, outside of Diamanti. There really wasn't a heck of a lot there. Beres, basically. So it was good that Pioli came back and said, right, now I'm with a big club. And you could generally say he deserves it. Um, so, yeah. Um, Mo, how... Exactly. How was your reaction? I'm really keen to hear your, your <laughs> honest reaction when Gabi Gol scored. Look, um, it, I, I, I don't think, uh, first of all, I don't think I've been uh, this tense in an intergame in a long, long time. Uh, you know, the time was uh, creeping, 80th, 81st minute, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I um, it wasn't. It wasn't. The reaction started really with uh, with Banegas through to uh, D'Ambrosio. That 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 was. You know, you can always sense like maybe one or two passes before that something special is going to happen. When Banega won that ball as he was turning around, he managed to beat the defender and retain the ball as he was turning. Already, it seemed like something special was going to happen. And then when the cross went, and you could see it was someone was someone was picking was going to get picked up. Uh, was going to pick the ball up at the far uh, post. And then it was Gabi Gol of all people. It was amazing. I was watching alone. It was a midday game for us here in Dubai. So um, I snuck out of work and watched alone in a coffee shop. And I was jumping <laughs> around like, a, like an idiot, you know, this place. Uh, and all the waitresses were thinking, who the hell is this guy? I was looking to read about somebody losing their shit completely in Dubai and breaking up town and getting arrested and shit. Because I know how long you've been waiting for for Gabi Gold. Yeah, no, no, it was it was fantastic. Luckily, it was uh, it was pre-drinking hours, so uh, <laughs> I, I still had myself composed. <laughs> Brilliant, Max. Uh, you 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 did you did kind of preview that um, uh, that you'd expect Gabi Gold to score soon, and you were pretty spot on in your predictions. Uh, just how important do you think his his scoring is is uh, is for Inter moving forward? I mean, we talked about this uh, last week. We kind of uh, expected kind of a tough slog against Bologna. We weren't expecting a, a, a runaway victory. And you yourself even said, I remember this. Um, you said that without Icardi, um, his absence really hurts because against Bologna it's going to be tough, and we need to take our chances. And Palacio missed a sitter in the first 12 minutes. That totally changes the complexion of the game if Palacio taps in. He there had a couple, uh, a chance I remember in the second half where he side-footed it right at the keeper. That should have been another goal. So to have Gabi goal come on in the 73rd minute to score the winning goal. Again, this is not a goal to make it for nothing. It's not a consolation goal. This is the winning goal on the road in a game that Inter desperately needed three points. This is a huge confidence boost. And for a striker, confidence is half the battle. So, I mean, I'm hoping this is the goal that opens the floodgates. And more importantly, I hope, I sincerely hope, that this goal moves Gabi Goal above Palacio on the pecking order. <laughs> I hope that would... Yes. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when he missed that Please. absolute sitter, I, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was, it's more difficult to miss there than to actually score. 
and, and he somehow managed exactly. to, to shoot it over the goal alone, like it was a tap-in. What was he doing? Uh, but having said that, there was a couple of things I wanted to bring bring up about Gabigol. He scores his first goal in the Serie A away against Bologna the same way, uh, this, uh, which is exactly what a certain Ronaldo did when he made his uh, he scored his first goal for Inter away against uh, Bologna. Uh, obviously, there aren't that many similarities between the two because Ronaldo was already the best player in the world when he came. But it's pretty <laughs> interesting to to see this kind of you know because there's so much. I mean, I can't remember. I wrote it in my post-match piece that. I can't remember a player that has been so hyped and, you know, without having done anything, been shown so much love and patience that Gabigol has. And uh, it would be great if, if, if that, you know, that, that love and that confidence could be reciprocated for once by a player not underachieving and leaving through, you know, leaving Apiano Gentile through the back door after having been signed and presented as, you know, this big marquee signing. But there are there are some interesting similarities there. He made his debut against Bologna under De Boer uh, in the Serie A. He came on like 15 minutes, yeah. in, and then he also uh, scored his first goal uh, and a very important goal as well. Um, but other than that, I, I felt that the Inter were very nervous throughout this game, and I couldn't understand why. Uh, I, I felt that we Inter needed to we needed to. Uh, you know, Inter needed to win this game, but this was a game where where we where we really could have done with with Icardi because his poaching in games like this, when it's you know it's it's not a sexy game, it's kind of boring. Inter firing on all cylinders. You need the poacher, and and we didn't have that. And I just felt that this game, the, the more it went on, it it had a Bologna lead, uh, one nil goal written all over it. Do you agree with that, yeah. Eduardo? Completely. I believe you said something similar about the Palermo game. And again, yeah, complete agreement because you let that kind of thing happen. You know, you sort of leave this score for too long. Eventually something, you know, this is Serie A. And even though Bologna were in the bottom five, I believe, for both, or bottom six for chances created and goals scored, you still get the feeling that eventually somebody will score that goal. You just hope it wouldn't be Mattia Destro because that would just be such a stab in the back. But, um,. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and the thing as well is that there is still a, a vocal sort of minority among England, well, not even such a small minority among Inter fans who really don't like Icardi. And we're seeing this like Juventus, you know, suspension as, oh, you know, get a real sort of, you know, get a slugger out there, get somebody who works hard. Well, that's what you get for your hard work. 36 touches, I believe, in both games. Uh, yeah, look better against Empoli, but by the time this game rolled round, he was completely useless. Palacio was everyone's favourite bargain fantasy buy for the 14-15 season. And I was in a league full of Interistas and they all ditched him by the time Christmas came round. I didn't get him because he literally forgot to score goals back then. And this year he's <laughs> gradually forgotten how to play as well. Because there have been a couple of good performances. There was Bologna in the cup and there was Empoli. Beyond that, he's not doing enough on the pitch. Even as a, a reliever, even as someone who comes on with 20 minutes to go... You, you may as well have Gabigol learning his trade than having El Trenza do more or less the same stuff. At least in previous years, you could say, well, he comes on and does something. Now, I can't really tell you what he's doing. So, and in a game like that, I completely agree with you. Icardi will score the not-so-sexy goals and and boom. I mean, it's what, you know, Hernan Crespo used to score the stupid goals as they were, you know, defined. 
you need a guy like that. And uh, in these games, I think you do. Max, yeah. what, what do you think? I mean, I'm not, I'm not too concerned uh, about the performance, really. Um, I knew it was going to be slim pickings uh, against Bologna, especially without Icardi. I mean, how far have we come when we don't play well and we still got the points? That's all that matters for me. Yeah. Um, again, if Palacio didn't miss the sitter in the 12th, 13th minute, it changes the whole complexion of the game. But how nice is it and what a relief it is to talk about uh, Inter not playing well, to talk about Inter struggling a little, bit, a little bit. And then at the end of the day, we still get three points on the road in a hostile environment. Agree, so. agree. Uh, Mo, do you have anything you want to add to this game? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> we lost Mo there. Um, <laughs> Oh, there, uh, no, so before we, before we move on, uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, ask you guys, uh, we, 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 we have this uh, vote uh, uh, that our readers vote for the best Inter player of the game, and I think it's safe to say that, obviously, it was Gabigol who won. <laughs> <laughs> But who do you guys think came second? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Gagliardini? Okay, well... Uh, yeah. Banega? I'd say Banega. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was uh, my man of the match, uh, Handanovic. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he came yeah. second. He uh, he came uh, second. I think I think his saves there in the end really. And he always there's something about him at Bologna as well. I remember a couple of seasons ago when he pulled up one of the most amazing saves I have ever seen in my life against Destro in like the 92nd minute. He did something, you know. He, he did a good. He it was a good save he did uh, yesterday, but it wasn't at that level. But they, he seems to, he seems to enjoy playing against uh, Bologna. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Handanovic, fifteen point six percent. Gabigol, fifty-two point three percent winner, and Banega third with eleven point four percent. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's how the separate inter uh, readers. Uh, It's narrow, but nobody really sort of shined, I guess. I mean, the defenders, I thought, I thought somebody maybe like Medell could also be in for a good shower. If you're looking for outfielders who played most of it, someone like Medell. Gagliardini did good work, but in the 3-4-2-1, he's a lot less... Uh, was, uh, this is something it, I wanted to bring up with you guys. I, yeah. had a, that, I wanted to hear what you guys thought. I personally, in the first half, when I, when I watched, I, I felt that Joao Mario, when he's playing so deep, He kind of gets in the way of Gagliardini. They get in the way yeah. of each other, and they prevent each other. They, they go into the same spaces, and that kind of inhibits both of them from shining. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Completely. It so. seems like, yeah, Gagliardini and Condogbia seem to have uh, an agreement already. They seem to have a great, formed a, a almost telepathic partnership. But uh, I agree, Nima. They, Juan Mario and uh, Gagliardini back there were... were Not as effective, that's for sure. Right. Uh, so hope. So maybe we can say that we've got uh, our our dream midfield is uh, Condogbia <laughs> and Gagliardini. <laughs> Who would have thought that just a couple of months ago? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Condogbia would look as he didn't look like a football player a few months ago, let alone <laughs> our dream midfield. But he's been great, and I mean these no look passes, and I don't know what. Oh my god! Did yes, that was that? brilliant. That was beautiful. I mean, what was that? I was <laughs> I, my, my, my jaw fell to the floor when I saw that. I was like, "Is that Condogbia?" 
finally paying off, I guess. Yeah, maybe all this time Evans has been playing for us and Jeffrey's just been, you know, laying back, chilling. Maybe he's been <laughs> playing for, oh, where is his brother again? Somewhere in Lombardy, someone terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He was loaded. Oh, I can't remember now. I'll have to look this one up. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's uh, move on to bigger, uh, bigger things at hand. And that's Sunday night, uh, 8 45 or 8, yeah, 845 CET Italy time we play Interplay Interhost Roma at the San Siro and this is one of those showdowns that Inter just have to win I mean there's no really any uh, ifs ands or buts about it Inter cannot lose points in these direct encounters at home against Napoli and Roma and this is the first one and we're going into quite a you know string of difficult matches with Fiorentina and etc cetera, etc cetera, and then with the, with the derby but this is this is this is the one this is the first of of many direct tests to see if Inter have what it takes to to be a top 3 team uh will Inter will do so without Miranda which i think is just horrible because he will be he'll be suspended due to accumulation of yellow cards and uh, I mean, how important? I mean, obviously he's one of the best central defenders in, in Italy, so his, his his absence will be very, very will be sorely missed. But Eduardo, if you were to if you were to kind of define more in detail exactly what Inter will lack with him off the pitch, it's tragic, and I don't really know where to start because if you were to play three at the back, which I think is a terrible idea against Roma you would at least say, well, there's three of them and Medell can be the guy who does all the sweeping and you can hopefully have another dynamic player in there. Problem is, I don't think a three-man defence will work against Roma and you'll need to basically, I think, play with a four-man defence and that's a problem because Medell, Murillo, you know, even Medell himself still has something to do in terms of reading the game, in terms of, because I thought, for example, even against Juve, you know, another Dybala could turn him inside out every now and then. There were moments where he just would lack that extra anticipation or tread on someone else's toes a little bit. Um, and with Murillo, you haven't seen a major mistake in a while, but he's clearly not, at the moment, the kind of player who can go out there unsupervised, if you can put it that way. And with Miranda, he just had experience. He, 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 he made five tackles in the Bologna game. He does a lot of quiet work, but he really sort of stabilizes that defense, gives it confidence, shouts a few words here and there to keep the sort of players on their toes. It, it, it's... And the problem is you're up against one of the teams that scores the most in Italy, and yeah, it's going to be pretty rough. I have to be honest. Mm, agree. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, Medel is there. Murillo, there's talk of Murillo being injured. It's just typical that Inter going to one of the most important matches in this uh, what Italians call uh, diretti. What is it? Scontri diretti. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, a direct encounters, and we're doing so without. Probably without our best defensive lineup, as Murillo looks a little bit injured, we'll, we'll be lacking uh, Miranda. So it's Medel and Andreoli or Trent Saint. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Mate, Trent Trent's gonna do it. Trent's the guy. <laughs> the Italian meme community has absolutely loved this Trent Sainsbury transaction. Everyone on the internet is like, "Yeah, right. This is the guy who's gonna sort out their problems." It's amazing. <laughs> I have no idea how good or bad he is, but. 
just the, the 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 meme value, the comedy value alone of this move is is, is enough for me, really. Like, you know? It's just, just the fact that when Ranocchia left, it was it was uh, you know we no longer shop at the ninety nine p store, we now shop at Sainsbury's. That that just that, that just had it for me. <laughs> uh, Max, what do you make going into this game? I mean, uh, no no Miranda, prob- maybe without Medel. Uh, sorry, maybe without Murillo. What, I'm, I mean, how 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 fucked are we? <laughs> I mean, it's just plainly. I can't be more pessimistic entering uh, Sunday's clash. I mean, Miranda's out, accumulation of the yellow card, like you said. Mario, Mario, I I don't think he's gonna play Sunday. Um, took a tackle in the 24th minute. I think he tried to play through it, but yeah, he's not 100% for sure. So, like Eduardo said, I don't think we can go with a three-man defense. Um, I think we have to put, well, obviously Medell on the back, and we have to either put Skippy or uh, <laughs> Andrioli, like you said. And then and then D'Ambrosio and Ansaldi on, on, on the flank <laughs> against, against the Roma team. Roma scored 14 goals in their last four games. Last week they beat Villarreal 4-0 and then Torino 4-1. Three of their last four games they scored at least four goals and we're trotting out those four guys at the back <laughs> in the most important game of the season. Like, sorry, I wish... I had some, yeah, I, we're screwed. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not as though they've got Eddie Dzeko, who's, you know, the top goal scorer in the Europa League and in the Serie A, and <laughs> then, then you've also got Mohamed Salah, El Sharawi, you know, it's like, it's an abundance of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's abundance of riches of, of good, good attacking players. And then you've got my absolute favorite player, which I think, I mean, the sliding doors of these past few years where Tohir decided to go for Hernandez, whilst Roma decided to go for Nain Golan. I guess we oh can say who, who made the better choice out of that. But Nain Golan is one of my absolute favorite players, and he, he, he's always good against Inter. He's always good, period. And him in the middle of the field, in the middle of the pitch, together with Strootman, De Rossi, I mean... They have a world-class team, and as you said, Ansaldi, D'Ambrosio, Medel, and Andreoli slash Sainsbury. It does not. Dear, oh dear. It doesn't ring of confidence exactly, does it? Right. Yeah, so, uh, so I mean, I mean, are we? Are we? Can Pioli pull something out of the hat here? Can he surprise everyone? Can we play a three-man defense with Medel, Sainsbury, and Andreoli and uh, pull, pull, pull something out of our asses here? I mean, just how likely is it? Well, it's three points or bust. It's a, it's a direct game. Like you said, it's a six-pointer. Um, we have to win. Um, I think we're going to have to score three goals. It'd be nice if Bacardi <laughs> wanted to score anytime soon. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um I think he's going to be chomping at the bit. And, yeah, I don't think we're going to, clean sh- going to keep a clean sheet. I think we're going to have to outscore him. And maybe we do. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. brutal. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, the thing is uh, that um, we're definitely going to concede, as you say. But what I'm really happy about, and this is something that I, I, I find to be, you know, if, if, we, if we talk about the negative things going into this game, but what I'm really positive about is is the fact that Icardi is back. Icardi's been he's not played for two two matches now. He's full of revenge. He's full of that Icardi energy, and he likes to score against Roma. And I think that uh, that that to me speaks the most: the fact that we've got Perisic and Icardi back again together up front at the San Siro 
where they where those two have run, you know, they they've run teams ragged throughout the season, and that that kind of that kind of gives me hope. Also, the fact that Condogbia is back, uh, that Gagliardini and Condogbia will play together. Jao Mario is back. We, I mean, Banega showed that he's you know he was great against Bologna. So I'm not you know going forward. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not uh, surprised. Uh, you know that that not surprised, but this is something that I. This part of it, our attack, is looking good, and this is what gives me hope. And exactly like you said, Max, this could be something that, like you said, we will have to maybe score two, three goals to beat them three, two. Mm. Agreed. Think? Absolutely. Um, just uh, piggybacking off your point there. I, Hopefully, Icardi does come back and as a big FU to the FIGC, he, he scores a hat trick. Like, I, I can see him getting on the score sheet. I, I fully expect him to. It's just, just a shame that uh, our defense, we don't have our first choice defenders back there. But hey, we're going to see what Inter's made of. We're going to see if Pioli can pull this one out of the hat. We've, Inter's won eight straight home games. So we got that going for us. Yeah, our home form has been excellent, <laughs> hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, well, if we were to dare to predict going into this game, uh, Eduardo, do you wanna you wanna go into that? Give us a result and the goal scorer. I'm gonna go out on a bit of a limb here. I I'm not optimistic. I'm gonna say one-one like last season. And here's why, and here's why, right? Because I've just said, well, Miranda, that's a tragedy. But last year we came into a situation where Roma were really good at home. We were coming off a really bad start to the year. We arguably outplayed them. Brozovic was really good. Perisic was really good. It kind of didn't even play because Adair started and that wasn't so successful. I know we had a better defense, but at this stage we've won now nine games in 10. Let's put it this way. Maybe, okay, maybe we'll lose 2-1, but I'm going into this game expecting something. Because we're not the sad, humiliated team of Mazzari or Stramaccioni. <laughs> well, the thing is, we, we may as well start like bigging ourselves up because it's like, well, yeah, and bring it on. You know, we've, we're actually okay now. You know, we're winning these games against underwhelming opposition to an extent, but we're reeling off win after win. Even when we don't play well, we can go to the Olympico and do something about it. And I mean, they'd all see can be, isn't the dynamic guy he used to be. Strautmann has had his injury problems. That defense, uh, oh, okay, no, the defense is pretty good, actually, so I won't say anything about that. But Bruno Perez is criticized for not defending that well, even though I would have definitely wanted him at Inter, and I probably still do. I don't know. I'll say we lose, but it will be closer than we think. Yeah, 2-1 defeat, probably. There you go. Who will score? Who are your goals? Oh, who will score? Yeah, Uh, yeah, let's go... The thing is, Pioli's record in those Rome derbies, not amazing either. Uh, I say Berisic to get the goal, actually. Uh, and for them, uh, yeah, Dzeko. And I don't think Perossi's got an... I don't think he's got a goal that isn't a penalty this season. I don't know why, but it feels so into for him to get his first goal that isn't a penalty. Uh, and yeah, and probably Dzeko for the other one, because why not? <laughs> Mo?
You're disappearing there, Mo. Can you please? Uh, <laughs> it's like you're like a mile away from the microphone. Well, my, my, while Mohammed is uh, sorting that out, and uh, Max, what about you? What's your result? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? <sighs> I think we're going to lose 3-2. It pains me to say this. Um, yeah, I think we're going to lose 3-2. I think Car- Cardi's going to score a brace, but uh, our defense is just... Is, we're going to leak some goals, and... Yeah. Nice. But is is Manola cert for uh, suspended for Roma, though? I thought I read that somewhere. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's I check. Been, yeah, I haven't been able Because that would definitely help Inter out <laughs> if, yeah. if he was out as well. Yeah, Fazio Fazio's Fa, playing as well, isn't he? Because he's, he's been doing pretty well for them. They've got this ability. I'm really impressed of Roma, of their ability to find central defenders when that, 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 that like was unknown before and then come to them and start shining. Uh, so Fazio was 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 awful before he came to them. And Rudiger, yeah, I've it's never, insane. I've I've never been Rudiger's biggest fan, so I'm kind of hoping that Rudiger and Fazio play. So that way, I think that Icardi will at least score two. Uh, I'm I'm actually gonna be, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be positive. Uh, I'm gonna say Inter are gonna win three one. Nainggolan is gonna score the first hey, and then uh, Icardi is going to score uh, tripleta. Three goals, hat trick, uh-huh. hat trick for Icardi. Uh, after Nainggolan uh, scores uh, their their first goal. I mean, there used to be the good old days where Roma could not beat us, especially not in Milan. Yeah. And then I think there was that game where Totti like lobbed, was it Doldo? Was it 05, 06? And, that, and from then on, it's just been a bit of a nightmare. They're <sighs> damn good. They're damn good. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they have a really good team, but offensively, and their midfield and their wingers, it's, it's, they're good. They're good. Got to hand it to them. Right, uh, let's uh, move on uh, to uh, the part of the show where we pay tribute as well as uh, rip the piss out of something uh, in the world of football, starting with the slightly more comical side of life with this week's Frog with Mr. Max Luca. Okay, this week's Frog of the Week, again, it pains me to say this because I'm choosing another one of the players that I want to probably one of my favorite players of the last 10 years um and we all know him very well um super mario balotelli he's uh he's at he's at yeah <laughs> um he's at nice right now in in france um pretty pretty much his last chance it's it's getting to be around midnight uh at the last chance saloon for balotelli um and he was sent off again uh, on the weekend so that for insulting the referee for uh, a classical British insult was uh, was how the referee described it. So that's three red cards. Yeah, three red cards and seven yellows in 14 League One games. Like, this guy just doesn't get it. Like, I defended him when he was at Inter, um, when he threw the Inter shirt in disgust after the 3-1 win over Barcelona. Remember that in the first leg of the Champions League semifinal in 2010? How can I forget? Yeah, I mean, most interesty don't. I stood by him then, but, I mean, at some point, he has to take a look in the mirror, and there needs to be some introspection, and there needs to be some soul-searching here, because, I mean, again, this is his last chance in Europe, I think, and he's just throwing it away, and and it's embarrassing. So, Mario Bellotelli is our Frog of the Week, unfortunately. Absolutely. His talent is, you know, in baseball, they say you got a million-dollar arm, but a nickel for a head. 
that's that's <laughs> that's kind of what I would say Balotelli is. He really has like a ten p brain, but a million pound talent. And it's so sad to see because him and Cassano, I mean, they if you look at them, if they weren't such idiots, they could have been two of the greatest players ever. But because yeah. of the fact that they, because of their personalities, I think Zenga said something hilarious the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. <laughs> Did you guys see it about Malatelli? When he said that you can't do anything about your personality. All you can do is learn to live with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is just, I love Zenga. He does something like a complete legend. I mean, it, oh, it, it. You're talking to the right two guys if uh, yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah me and Max <laughs> like, we, we love that, man. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious like when he was asked about Balotelli because he was being kind. He wasn't doing it to be a dick. But it's no, like, no, yeah. It's just the way that when Zenga talks, it just sometimes it just sounds, he just sounds so cool and arrogant. You know what I mean? And, and he, the way he, he didn't mean to slate Balotelli off, he actually meant it in a positive way. But um, yeah, <laughs> it just uh, it sounded really funny. Right, let's yeah. move on. Continuing on the slightly uh, negative side, uh, this week's uh, Moji with Mr. Eduardo Del Monte. <laughs> Ah, hate to say this, hate to say this, Rodrigo El Trenza Palacio, I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, well, you miss an open goal like that, what what can you say? That could have easily cost us three points, not two, not one. It was an absolute disaster. And yeah, uh, coming on from what I was saying earlier, I do think that we're seeing a, not just gradual decline, it's, it's almost... Um, it's a downward spiral. It's really tragic because, yeah, he's come on in games before and you're kind of asking yourself, what is he adding here? Why isn't Gabigol, or Gabagool, as I like to call him, (laughs) yeah, from that whole, yeah, from the Godfather, yeah, why isn't he being given a chance here at this stage? And I know he's got his problems. I'm not saying that he's anywhere near the finished article or even ready, but he may as well take his knocks as opposed to a guy who may not even be here next season. Doesn't deserve it, certainly, at this stage. I, I can't remember who tweeted this um, uh, around kickoff, obviously, when the lineups were announced. And he said, I never want to see Adair and Palacio in the same starting lineup again. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I completely agree, mate. I I saw that and went, ma dai, ma per favore. It, it, especially... I, and Adair actually run, runs in very close, in my opinion, this week, because he was tragic. Uh, at the Dallara. Last week I was singing his praises for how he played against Empoli, for how you could see that, especially in a game away, you'd think if he's got more room to run, he can do what Berisic did against Roma at the Olimpico last year. At Sampdoria, he was really good at running at people. And you get the feeling that at Inter, you know, you play for a big team, you're not going to get the same spaces. You would hope that he could do the same thing against Bologna in quick transition. He kept fluffing the simplest things. Joel Milo did as well. But there was one counter where he misplaced the pass. And he kind of did that last week as well. Uh, You know, but no. So, the winner of this award, Rodrigo Palacio. This is for all, dedicated to all of those who complain about Icardi. Make him sound like he's... They they make him sound like he's, you know, uh, Lufa Blissett. And he really isn't. Palacio is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's that's a classic. 
Right. Um, no, I, I agree with you there. I think Palacio has kind of worn out his best, uh, his uh, use-by date, so to speak. He, he's, yeah. he's, 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 this is his last... Uh, this is his last, it, it's uh, time to give him a Giuseppe Vives kind of send-off because Vives hasn't played for Torino in as long as I can remember. He was obviously instrumental when they went up and he was really good for a couple of seasons, but already last year he wasn't being used that much or at all. And this year, well, he goes and claps in front of the Maratona. They thank him. I think Palazzo should be given something similar at this stage. He should be because he deserves the respect. He was one of the only guys who worked when everyone else was either rubbish or to a certain extent lazy or simply confused by certain tacticians who have been through the gates at, at uh, a piano let's just say <laughs> there's plenty to pick from but yeah now unfortunately El Trenza is just not, just not I, there. I, I, I personally uh, the way I, I said it I think it was a, a couple of weeks ago on this show that for me Palacio is like the unluckiest player of the modern time at Inter because he definitely had what it takes Footballing-wise and tactically, and, and his, his, his movement on the pitch to be yeah. one of the players of the of the Triplete team. I mean, if you take out Pandev and bring in Palacio, that's an even better team. Uh, and, and I feel I feel I feel really sorry for him that he he came to Inter during a horrible transition, during a period of transition where there was chaos at, at the at the ownership level. It was chaos at the director. It was chaos chaos from top to bottom. And he was one of those players that, you know, was was a quality player and did really, really well for Inter. So yeah. I, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. But he wasn't that bad. I mean, I mean he missed a sitter, um, and that, which was terrible. I agree with you guys. But uh, the game against Empoli, I thought he was fantastic. And I yeah. think this is his victory lap. It's always tough with a, with a veteran that, that's that's played in some big games for you and scored some big goals, how, how to let them go. And this is, I think this is his last year with Inter. This is his victory lap, uh, so to speak. But uh, I think you got to do what's best for the team. And I think, yeah, there is a fine line. And I think, uh, I think Gabby Gold passes him at this point. I hope so anyways. Yeah, I hope so too. It's, it's definitely time to uh, let, the, let, let, the, let, let the youngsters take over. <laughs> Great. Right. Uh, let's move on to uh, something a little bit more positive. This week's uh, Moratti, which I'll be presenting myself. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! This week's Moratti, uh, I would like to dedicate to Inter for coming back the way they have. Uh, as, as Eduardo so correctly stated earlier, nine wins out of ten. Uh, Pioli just came in and hit the ground running, got everything just clicked. Gagliardini came in. There was no period of of adap- adapting, or he just hit the ground running. Everything this Inter seems to be doing, knock on wood, from management all the way down to Auxilio, to the players, to the coaching coaching staff, it finally seems to just click, and everyone seems to hit the ground running. And this is something that we haven't seen at Inter for many, 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 many years. And Again, against Bologna, this was a game that under Mazzari and Stramaccioni, I will guarantee we would have lost 3-0. <laughs> I will guarantee that, that we would have lost 3-0. Instead, we, we had a difficult day. Uh, defensively, we were stable. We managed to keep it together despite Bologna piling on the pressure and looking more and more dangerous as time went on. But we kept our cool 
And in the end, but we had the quality to, to throw on, such as Gabigol and Banega. Can't forget Banega because his pass and his work rate before that goal, first winning the ball and then that beautiful, delicious pass to the D'Ambrosio. Uh, it just feels that Inter are finally, finally becoming themselves again. That we're, we're finally becoming the big team that we know that, that our history and our fans uh, have always known that we are. And this is something that, this is, all, this is you know, this is a lot of, it's, it's, it's a lot of mental st- strength as well to kind of not, sh- not power not crumble under the pressure of playing for Insta, of a team that has won the Champions League, that have won the treble, that you can behave like a top team, both on and off the pitch in all levels. And I feel that Inter are finally doing that. Uh, so for me, this week's uh, Moratti are Inter. From Auxilio, as, as, uh, as uh, Mourinho said, dal magaziniero uh, Coco, non dimentico nessuno. I don't forget anyone from the from the guy working at the gates at Apiano to the to the chef. Everyone has stepped it up a notch, and it's looking really really good. So for me, irrespective of how it goes against uh, Roma, I feel that this Inter is looking like a big team again. And welcome back, God, have you been missed? <laughs> well said, Nima. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. So say we all. If Inter beats uh, Roma. I say we give Pioli an extension. I agree. I mean, he won the game. Like, how many times this year has he rolled the dice with his substitutions and those substitutes gone on to either assist in the winner or score the winner? I mean, yeah, on Sunday it was both because Benega came on, and I've been kind of giving Benega the gears. I call him the most disappointing uh, player on Inter this season on Twitter on Saturday. And, of course... Twelve hours later, he goes and uh, with that little piece of magic there, um, taking over the Nima jinx. The, yeah, well, the I won't go. I won't go that far, Nima, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just nice to see that we have a manager that can. I know some people were complaining that the substitutions took place a little later than they wanted to, but better. I mean, at least they were made. At least the proper ones were made. And I mean, yeah, Benaga goes on, creates that goal out of nothing. Gabigol comes on and taps in the winner and three points and we're on our way, you know? So, I mean, it's nice to have a manager we actually have confidence in. It's It's been a while. I agree. I'm, I got, I'm really happy you brought that up because that's something I wanted to, to discuss with you guys. What I've been most impressed with is not just how Pioli has got this team mentally balanced and everything surrounding them and, and, and coaching them and getting everyone to enjoy and, and being happy and moving in the same direction, which, which I think is fantastic. It's also his ability to change games. I mean, how many times have we been in trouble, as you said, and he's brought on something, moved a player there, changed something around, and it's immediately, it's given immediate impact. That's that's a that's a that's an incredible uh, weaponry to have in your arsenal that the players can also feel that you know if it's not working don't worry the coach has got something in his magical playbook to turn it around and 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 I think that has been one of the reasons why Inter have managed to score so many goals in the last 15 minutes of every game that when it when it <clears throat> when, when when things are when you're pushing on when you're when you're looking for the winner when you're looking for the equalizer. We, we, you're, we're turning things around just to just to find something, to, you know, to, to create something. Pioli is delivered every single time. Mm. Do you agree with that? 
Eduardo? Completely. Um, I wrote about this on the SPN, I think, a few match days ago, because I think we had just beaten, I believe it was Kievo, and that was three second-half goals. And the first sign of frustration I saw from Inter players when, as you say, two seasons ago, Stramaccioni, Mazzari, don't care, we'd have lost that game. We'd have let in a second goal. Had it been against Parma, it would have been a Paolo de Cilie double, and we'd have all cried ourselves <laughs> to sleep for the next three weeks. That Kievo game, our subs come on, turn it round. The first sign of frustration I saw was just before Perisic is uh, the winner, and it was someone going like, oh, I think somebody like throwing a ball quickly back onto the pitch because it was still on the bench. Like, hurry up. Let's do this. We can do this, which, you know, I think previous inter teams would have sort of just flopped and yeah, and just collapsed. And here and yeah, even in that Copa game against Bologna, Candreva as the sub, he comes on. Boom. Uh, it's Palermo, which I believe was another game that you, Nima, had said we could have easily lost. You know, uh, Jean Mario comes in. And it's incredible, even to have our starting lineup not have certain players who are just complete build, having a bench that's offering you that. We've not seen this since, I would almost even say the triplete season, because yeah. the following year you see that the players have lost a lot of energy, they don't want to do it anymore, and there's not a lot of quality beyond them. So I'm, I'm super impressed. Here, 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 here. Uh, if we, uh, before we go, before we. Um uh, move on. I wanted to, uh, before we wrap things up, I wanted to talk about, briefly bring on two things. The first one was, I think uh, it's time for a Coutinho update from our friend Mr. Max DeLuca. <laughs> I don't think, there wasn't much going on in England, uh, I don't think. I think it was an FA Cup weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so I didn't, I'm not sure uh, if Liverpool is even in the competition still. This is bad, I should probably know that. But So I got really... Nothing to, to update on that front, unfortunately. But uh, I want to get uh, Eduardo's opinion here. We, uh, we've been following Coutinho uh, this year after uh, Osilio's uh, remarks. Uh, I think it was last month where he said uh, selling Coutinho was one of the biggest mistakes or biggest regrets he's ever made. And, uh, yeah, I'd just like to get your opinion, Eduardo. What do you think about Coutinho? Um, yeah, very talented player. Um, yes, it was a mistake to give him away, especially after we sent him for a season uh, to Spain. Uh, and yeah, Liverpool are reaping the rewards. In fact, one sort of common line a few weeks ago would have been Liverpool want the new Coutinho, Gabby Gol, <laughs> which would have been, <laughs> imagine if he went over there. And, I mean, so I think someone, a friend of mine who played fantasy said it best. He said, you know, the player you still want out of Firmino, Mane and Coutinho is still Mane because he scores the most consistently. Out of those three, I know Coutinho's got, was it five Premier League goals this season, if I'm not wrong? He yeah, he hasn't be, scored in nine games, yeah. He's in a little yeah. bit of a slump. Yeah. He can he can be just that maddeningly inconsistent at times. And Oh, no, sorry, I've actually got... Uh, yes, and Firmino's got eight. Firmino, sorry. Um, yeah, Coutinho could just be a bit maddeningly, maddeningly inconsistent. And it may even be an age thing because he's still quite young. And Klopp was saying something along the lines of, if you saw him shoot in training, you'd let him shoot all the time. You would spend your entire day doing what he does. So... Yeah, I think he's, the best is still to come, um, even though, yeah, it's not like we gave away Roberto Carlos, say, which I still think was a bigger <laughs> crime, because Roberto Carlos... That was fitted, Roy Hodgson. That was, that was Roy yeah. Hodgson. Even that complete clown Mosca had a go at him on TV. You can still find that on the internet on Mindy de Gaulle. He just basically started yelling at Hodgson, who had just come on there, and it was like, 
ma come ha fatto a vendere Roberto Carlos? You know, how did you sell him? Why? And it's so funny because then Mosca just looks around, the most arrogant face ever, and he's actually right for once, even though horribly rude, of course. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, I was surprised Ausilio made it because I believed for many years that it was Branca who'd done it, and it was actually Ausilio. So, <laughs> but he did, I mean, as he said, I mean, in the same interview, he said that we got the Inter bought. Icardi, finance Icardi and Kovacic for the, for the money. And, and, and if you look at it that way, can you really say it was such a bad deal? Because that's the kind of thing that me and Mo have been saying. It's like, look, Coutinho, the talent is there, but it's too inconsistent. He, he doesn't bring it on like... He, he's one of those players that... He, he plays a fantastic game and then he's poor or injured for five, six games and then he's good for three games. He doesn't have what it takes to be at that you know, top, top, top world-class level. And that's why maybe selling him, I don't think it was a mistake. It's tough to say. It is a tough one. This is why we bring it up every now and yeah. then. I think, <laughs> I, I think he's world-class. Mohammed and Nima don't, and we agree to disagree, and it's just something <laughs> fun we like to bring up yeah, every once like in a while. We want to see what everyone hears, because there's, no, there's not really a, a 100% answer, because the jury is a little yeah. bit out on him still, isn't it? So it, Let's exactly. maybe put it this way. It, at the time, so I think what Auxilia was also trying to sort of imply was that we were the kind of team that maybe couldn't manage a talent like that. And the same thing happened with Kovacic, somebody who's so good that can you afford on such a terrible team to lose a midfield player? Because he'll be a dud one game, he'll be really good another. And can you afford really to be there to help him develop? Because maybe we had more immediate objectives there, even though we were ironically rubbish. And so, so my thing is, maybe selling him wasn't such a bad idea, but considering it's the Premier League and they overpay for just about anybody, you sold him for that price. There's that as well, which really gets That's my true. sort of... It That's still true. really was not a lot. And you think, like, come on. That was what you paid for Alvaro Pereira, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it actually was. <laughs> Alvaro Pereira, who looks like an Egyptian courtier in the 21st century. From the time of the pharaohs, obviously, with that beard. He was, wasn't even a starter at Porto. I mean, they watched a couple of us. The Copa Americans went, get that guy. It's more that, maybe, that gets my goat, more than anything else. Because I think there's another colleague of mine, Francesca Cicciarini, who believes she's a very big critic of Coutinho's. And she's got a point, like he's not exactly week in, week out even there, but he could become amazing as well, is what I'm afraid of. Because I still, he's still only, let's check that one. He's still quite young. He's still yeah, he is pretty young. 24. Like, yeah, 24. Isn't he the same age as Icardi? Yeah. yeah. Icardi, Icardi turned 24 just the other day. Uh, and that kind of brings us nicely into the final topic that I wanted to discuss with you guys. Is this, I personally... I've, I've heard both sides. I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about the crazy Icardi is shit, burn in hell, blah, blah, blah kind of <laughs> discussion. No, but I, I mean, I, 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 there's a guy, one of our writers at San Inter, Mario Galliano, who, who explained to me when we were talking why he doesn't like, uh, why he doesn't, what he feels Icardi, uh, why he doesn't think Icardi is good enough to be at Inter. Uh, and I asked him, why, why do you... Yeah, and, and I was like, well, what do, you, what, do you, what do you base that on? And he said, look, if you look at number nine throughout history that Inter have had, Eto, Milito, Ibrahimovic, Vieri, Crespo, these, are, these aren't tapping goal, goal scorers. Sure, Icardi's stats are fantastic, but he's also dependent on the entire team playing for him in order for him to score. Um, 
and a number nine at a big club like Inter, like a Ronaldo. You know what I mean? But you, you should have something else to, 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 to uh, you know, when you're playing at one of the Milan, Inter, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, you, you should be a, just a tap-in goal scorer. And that he, he feels that that's what, why, that's the part of uh, Icardi's uh, game that is lacking and that's something that he will never have he'll always be a tap-in goal scorer if you know what i mean like a box fox in the box kind of striker and that's good if you're if you're mid, mid like a fiorentina or a, or a lazio but it's not good if you're a juve milan or inter uh, can you guys see what he's saying and do you agree disagree max you want to go first yeah i disagree wholeheartedly like the <laughs> i don't understand the anti uh Icardi, uh camp the Icardi haters i i rank them up there with the with the flat earthers and uh people that don't believe in uh global warming like what we didn't complain about eto eto was he didn't create his own goals he was a classic goal score he was a poacher we didn't complain i think it all stems from yeah exactly i think it all stems from obviously how how he got together with his wife, but I, I don't think that, that that should really matter. Um, I mean, Cardi is great. He's only twenty four. He's barring uh, a catastrophic injury, he's just going to get better. I, I'm proud that he's our captain, and I think he's fantastic. And I, I think if we were to sell him, he'd be worth over a hundred million dollars. I, I don't understand where the Cardi. Well, I understand where the Cardi hates from, but I, I don't think it's justified. He also has what six seven assists this year, so. He's, it's not one-dimensional. Absolutely not. He's got eight assists even. Yeah, that's yeah there you that, go. That's something that I told him, that I replied to him, saying that, look, he's only 24 years old, and every season you can look at him developing one side of his game. He's growing uh, one side of his game all the time. Like before, you know, every season you can tell him his movement outside the box has improved. This season his his uh, work rate and, and, and vision and assists have, have improved so I think it's too late I think it's too early to kind of write him off as just a simple tap-in striker what do you think Eduardo? I completely agree uh, I would also say this tap-in striker Filippo oh. Inzaghi there you go nobody liked him back then people forget now oh Inzaghi legend and he is a legend but back then he, was, he got a lot of hatred in Italy and elsewhere because it was oh that's all he does oh he dives oh this oh that this is all, as Mourinho would have said back in the day, this is all side dish, this is contorno, us Italians, and us Italians in the world, or Italophiles, or Interophiles, we love that more than the main dish. That's possibly very true. <laughs> us Inter fans especially, and Handanovic is probably the second one on the list who gets that much hateration because he isn't Zinga, because he isn't Giulio Cesar, because he's a bit grumpy and wants to play Champions League. And I'm like, I don't care. What do you do, what do, you do on the pitch? And here's my point. Empoli game. There was one cross during the second half. I think Palacio played a blinder. Extremely intelligent, as Max said earlier. Tactically speaking, positions himself, was running well for the two guys behind him. However, there were crosses in the box. And this is something I believe you actually said, Nima, for yesterday's game. These are some crosses that Icardi would have absolutely loved. And he does not get that service, because I think the crossing has generally been very bad this season. And if a guy like Icardi isn't in the box to head that in, no one is. Uh, you risk running into the sort of Vincent Janssen trap at Tottenham where you're doing everything to everyone else, like Soldado did at Tottenham as well a few years ago, and then you're not there in the box to score the goal. I'm sorry, you're a centre-forward. That's your main job. I've been trying to do that at ESPN, and 
kind of subvert this a little bit and say, look, let's not judge him for the eye test. This isn't 1960s backyard football anymore. It's much more system over individual talent, in my opinion, or at least the, 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 the way to shifting towards system and what a player does in a team. And you look at what Messi does for Barcelona and what he does for Argentina when his coaches are generally stupid people who have him run 40 yards of seven Bolivians throwing themselves at him with knives and everything like that. Obviously, it's not going to be the same thing. And I think, and there's no shame in being a tapping scorer. I would have considered Crespo to be exactly that guy, especially when he was at Inter and his later Chelsea years. And even when he was at Milan, he just stuck a leg out and scored. One of his goals against Liverpool and Istanbul comes exactly that way. You have to have that. There's a beauty. There's a there's something just indescribable yeah, about it. Yeah. There's a reading of the game. It's actually really intelligent, and the assists yeah. come from that. Because, in fact, uh, the Udinese game, the defence is so terrified of Icardi that he's allowed, he's in the box. I think it's, oh, I can't remember if it's Felipe, who is just scared of coming out to face him because he knows that Icardi's going to meg him. And then Icardi squares it to Perisic, 1-1. Uh, stuff like that. Um, it's just because we want our guy to be always on the ball, always running around and doing everything or being a gritty defensive midfielder and you underappreciate a guy who scores goals and especially, yeah, they, they get called silly goals because they look easy, but they're not. Perché allora, segnali tu, Palacio. Uh, sorry, you score, Palacio. <laughs> non lo so io. Uh, you see these guys. Um, we used to love Pazzini, right? Pazzini's nowhere near as good as this dude, just to put it in terms of... Uh, even Milito in terms of technique... Even Milit, okay, admittedly the goal against Siena, that's mostly him. And yeah, brilliant last touch. But Milito had to be put in positions to do those things. And uh, I would say the same with, with, with this team here. Uh, sorry, that was a ramble, but I feel no, quite strongly about this. It, because go for it, go for it. <laughs> the, the, the excrement I read on Facebook groups about, oh, we need to give him away now. <laughs> we need to sell him now. And I was on holiday in Sicily and I had all these Naples fans come out to me and going like, ma quando ce lo vendete? When are you selling him to us? And I'm like, we're not selling you anyone. Like, apart from the fact that the price back then was robbery anyway, because if you pay X amount for some of these talents I see, Icardi is easily worth 80 million and I'm not even joking. If you can sell Pogba for that much, I don't see why Icardi should be worth, I don't know, I don't see why he shouldn't be worth 30 million less than that. I don't know. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's got a minimum fee uh, clause of 100 million euros, which is only active to foreign uh, teams in the first two weeks of July. Oh. I think that this, this, this week, this week, this summer, someone will come for that. This, this summer, I, this summer those, those first two weeks in July, I say look out. I it's going to hurt. Yeah, I hope not at all. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, you want your strikers to score goals. And Icardi does that. He scores goals. So now it's not enough for these people that Icardi score goals. It's how you score them. And I think they're always, it's a reach. And no matter, there's always going to be these, these people. It's never going to be enough. They'll never be pleased. I mean, and I, it's hard to take those people serious because, uh, I mean, again, you want your strikers to score goals and that's what he does. There are people who appreciate Icardi and there are people who are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is just brilliant. (laughs) Well, that's bound to get people, that's bound to get people uh, discussing Mohamed. (laughs) I mean, as you've noticed, Mohamed hasn't been part of this uh, discussion so much because we've had so, we had a little bit of technical problems with Skype, but 
when he when he comes in, he just he, he just give you an hour's worth of a comment by that one. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, well, uh, b- before uh, before I leave you, uh, before we, we we wrap things up, uh, I just want to uh, thank you so much for coming, Eduardo. Hope you had a good time. Looking forward to having you come on again soon. Loved it. Thank you so much for having me. This is a, a little thing of mine. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of my regular, obviously one of my regular podcasts. So it's like, now nah, I've just got to get on around the league for the NFL. And I'll never happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> uh, also, I'd like to thank Max for joining me another week here. Uh, thanks. For Always a pleasure, on. guys. Yeah, love it. And Mo, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for pulling through, Nima. Like, uh, allergy attack today, a terrorist <laughs> attack in Sweden the other day. Like, really, what the fuck really. is that uh, all about? I mean, I mean when, you know, when politicians talk, like, we have government officials in Sweden actually going out on Twitter and saying, what is Donald Trump smoking? You know, <laughs> Swedish politicians are not that exciting. They don't use terms like that. He, the, what a, how, oh, how can you it's one thing to lie it's another thing to pull out a terrorist attack out of your ass it's just oh my god is that, uh, I'm glad you're okay though Nima yeah. <laughs> <Have you worried? laughs> exactly yeah. I, I survived the non-existent terrorist attack Jesus Christ yeah <laughs> now that we got before I let you go Mohammed, uh, what are your predictions of uh, the Roma game Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I was I was dying to. I could, I could hear you guys, but my uh, my mic wasn't working. So I was dying to tell you, you guys are being too pessimistic. I think we're going to own this game. I think it's a it's a straightforward enter win. Ooh, nice. yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's score? Who's we're gonna bust. We're gonna bust the midfield. Uh, Murillo's injured. No problem. D'Ambrosio uh, played the uh, deputized quite well last year as a center back. I think. I think uh, no. I think we're uh, we're taking all three points in this game. Maybe uh, maybe not keep a clean sheet, but uh, it'll be a win for Inter. San Siro is going to be packed. Give me a score line. Go- give me a score line and give me goal scorers. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you a score line. I think. Uh, I think it'll be a two-one. I think uh, Icardi is going to uh, step up and get the brace. And uh, for uh, Roma, uh, it'll probably be Salah, not uh, not not uh, Zeko, just because I'm Egyptian. But, I was just uh, going to yeah. say that's because you're Okay, well, you heard it from uh, Mo, and I, I say three-one. He says two-one. The other boys think it's going to be a draw or a loss. We'll see what, 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 what who was right next week. Uh, as always, I've been your host, Nima Tarlerutsari. Sempre e solo, forza. It's part of the love and